Welcome to Socially Supportive, where you'll hear the hottest insights and discover cutting-edge technology as we take you behind the scenes with the latest authors, top executives, and industry thought leaders. This is Customer Care the Social Way with your host, Frankie Soche. Episode 16 of the Socially Supportive Podcast is brought to you by The Social Pack. Get on the inside to stay on the top side. Head on over to sociallysupportive.com and join today for the latest tips, tricks, and technology in digital and social customer care. Also brought to you by Morningbrook Digital Consultancy. If you need help designing a strategy around how to respond to trolls, Morningbrook Digital can help. Email me at frankie at sociallysupportive.com for more information. Hello, Social Pack. Welcome to Thoughtful Thursday. Are you ready to have deep thoughts with me? Because on Thursdays, we discuss deep thoughts, including overarching strategy. I need to make you a video of this. There's this huge circular sweeping arm motion that I'm making in the air right now. Overarching strategy and organizational structure and policy decision making. But before we get into that, I wanted to let you know that I have a coupon code for you. That is right. Are you considering attending the Insight Group's annual customer service summit this year in New York City? It is being held November 16th and 17th at the Marriott Brooklyn Bridge, and I have a coupon code for you. That is right. You want me to tell you what it is? Okay. If you go to sociallysupportive.com slash insight, I-N-C-I-T-E, I have a coupon code that will get you not $100 off like it says on the website, but I've gotten a special coupon code for you because Socially Supportive is the official podcast partner of this year's Customer Service Summit that will get you $300 off your registration. What? Yes. No kidding. I like to save money on things. I like to have great things and I like to save a lot of money on them. So I thought you'd enjoy that too. Anyway, there's this coupon code. You say, well, what's happening at the Customer Service Summit? There are so many great thought leaders from specifically social media, customer care, that attend this conference. There's a track specific to social media customer service where you can learn all kinds of things. I have met so many wonderful connections at this conference over the years. I would say that if you're looking specifically to understand more about digital and social media customer service, there's not a better event that you can attend throughout the year than this one. Many of the folks that I have had and will have on the show, I've met at this particular conference. So the first reason to go is because you save $300 off the registration. The second reason to go is because there are wonderful speakers and attendees. The third reason to go is me. You can meet me there. I will have a booth. I will be set up there and you can learn more about the Socially Supportive Podcast and what I do and how I can help you. You will also be able to see me moderate a few panels. I'm not sure which panels they'll be yet. I don't think we've got that worked out, but it's always a great conference. And reason number four, you can't beat New York in the fall. Come on, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan and You've Got Mail and Sleepless in Seattle with the whole thing at the top of the Empire State Building. It's just beautiful in New York in the fall. But even if Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are not your thing, which we'll have another show about that, I guess. But even if Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan are not your thing like they are mine, you still have three other fantastic reasons to go. There's great people to meet. I'll be there. 
coupon code to save you $300 and wonderful speakers. Who are the speakers? Well, I'll tell you, you can see the speaker lineup right there when you go to sociallysupportive.com slash insight, I-N-C-I-T-E. You can see some of the folks who will be there. You've got Dan Gingas, who's the Senior Director of Global Social Media at McDonald's, colleague of mine, great guy, very insightful about customer care over social media. You've got Josh March, who's the CEO and founder of Converse Social. Great tool. I love the Converse Social tool. I don't think that's a secret. And Josh is a fantastic guy. He's been very insightful for a long time in the social media customer care space. Also, Calvin St. Just will be there. He has recently taken over as the head of digital customer care at Comcast. And you've got, of course, Michael Roy, who's the head of social customer care at Alaska Airlines. Sarah Grace McCandless, who's been on the show before. She will be, as she said, presenting some things. Um, One of them might be about apps. I think she said that she's got something she's presenting about using apps. And then Margaret Suji is a great connection of mine, who's um, the senior manager of social media support at Rogers Communications in Toronto. She is a fantastic wealth of knowledge as well. I will be there. They're announcing more speakers soon. So just come on out. It's going to be a great time. You won't regret it. Use the coupon code. It's there for you to enjoy. Tell your friends, bring them with you. Okay, let's get into today's inspiration. Today's inspiration comes to us from Curiano.com. It's listed on the show notes page. And they say, I just use my haters as motivators. Don't you love that? Oh, if we could just all stay in that mindset where every hater that we have, we just remember that they are motivating us to rise above, to get to the next level. I think it's fantastic advice. And our book of the day is Hug Your Haters, How to Embrace Complaints and Keep Your Customers by Jay Bear, who is also a fabulous wealth of knowledge. It's a great book. Yesterday, I don't know if you saw on Twitter. um, Oh, I should tell you that uh, I'm recording this episode on the 19th of September. So yesterday, the 18th of September, I tweeted out and said, okay, who took my Hug Your Haters book because I'm trying to do a podcast here, people, and Jay Bear liked it and somebody else was laughing about it or something. So yes, I was frustrated and I've always got all of my social media, customer care, customer experience books right here in the socially supportive studio. So I couldn't find it. I was like, where did it go? And finally, I found it. All right. So anyway... Let's talk about internet trolls and how to respond. What is a troll? According to Wikipedia, hey, this is not a class at university. Wikipedia is a perfectly fine reference source. So I'm just going to put that out there. According to Wikipedia, an internet troll is a person who sows discord on the internet by starting quarrels or upsetting people by posting inflammatory, extraneous, or off-topic messages. Why do they do this? Well, sometimes they do it to vent general frustration. Sometimes they do it to disparage your brand in favor of another brand. I will say that when you've got competition out there, I don't know if it's conspiracy theorism or not, but I will say that it's possible from a public affairs perspective that one company could be hiring people to go and say bad things about your brand so that their brand looks better. I don't know about all of that. 
What I do know is nobody knows for sure why people, why do they even have the time to do this? I, I don't know. We who are listening to this show are probably super busy and don't have time to troll on, on other people's websites or what have you. These people have time. They're just going to do it. So what's the conventional wisdom on responding? There are several different theories that you can follow on trolls. Many of them say, just ignore trolls. Don't answer them at all. One of the common sayings about internet trolls is don't feed the troll. Sometimes that's good information. Sometimes you can block the trolls. Let's talk about though, are there any problems with the conventional way of dealing with trolls? I'm going to tell you, yes, there are. And here's one scenario that will help illustrate that. Here's a great example. I'm Frankie and I am doing the socially supportive podcast and I put out there, hey guys, I've got this coupon code for you for the Insight Group's customer service summit. It's going to be a great event. And somebody comes on and they say, I hate events. Events are really bad. You shouldn't have events. They're horrible. So that's one kind of a troll. And when you get a comment like that, you go, huh, what am I supposed to do about this? Some brands hold to the strategy that you just ignore that troll. You're not sure what that guy's talking about. You're not sure what it has to do with what you just said on a specific level. You're not going to even engage that person. And if the person continues to come back and post and post and post, then you're eventually going to block this person. If you're in a channel like Facebook, where you're able to block them from your page or what have you, that you're just going to block this person because you're not dealing with that. That is conventional wisdom that many people use about trolls. The reason I was looking for Jay Bear's book yesterday is because he's got a place in chapter seven where he talks about fears the playbook for hugging on stage haters. You're going to hear me shuffling through the pages of this book. I really was looking for it yesterday because I was writing this episode out. And one of the things that he says that I think is very awesome, he's got find all mentions, display empathy, answer publicly, reply only twice and switch channels. Highly recommend that you grab the book. There's a link to where you can get the book on Amazon in the show notes and the resources page. But what I want to focus on today is the place where he says reply only twice. I agree with this. And this I think can be applied to trolls as well. Because say, for example, we use the scenario that I just used where somebody says events are dumb, we should never have events. I don't know why you would even ever talk about having an event events are are stupid and you think what what does that have to do with anything if you take the stance that you should always reply only twice then maybe the first thing that you do is reach out and you say hey um is there is there something i can help you with or are you having a problem with something then if the person comes back and says no i just really hate events and i hate it when people talk about events then you can reply back and say okay well listen if anything changes and there's something that that I can specifically help you with, please don't hesitate to reach out and let me know. I'm happy to try to help you. You have shown that you are willing to engage and reply. You're not scared. You're going to engage and reply. See if there's something that you can do to improve the situation and make it better for that person. When that person refuses your assistance, then observers of this very public channel will go, okay, this person did try, you know, Frankie did try to reply to them and see if there was something that she could do that would help. And that person was not receptive to help. So really, what was she supposed to do? That lets your public know that you are reasonable. And it lets them see that the person who is reaching out to you was behaving in an unreasonable fashion. Now, 
If, on the other hand, you reach out and you say, is there something I can help you with? And the person says, yes, I would like to talk to you about something, then you can work it out. And people still see that you reached out, you were receptive, you did what you could. This is why it's great to go ahead and reach out to trolls. I will say that there are some occasions where if we look back on episode seven, where Emerson Cunningham from Georgia Power and I were speaking about when to respond, there are some cases where it's just really not going to make sense for you to respond at all. If you've got um, an interest group who is just always going to be against what you do, if the person who's reaching out to you is a member of humans against conferences or, you know, that's a bad example. But you know what I mean? If there's something that your company has stated a position that they are for this, and somebody is reaching out who is obviously against this, there may not be any good that can come of that. So at the bottom of it, you really have to know with your public affairs team and your marketing and your legal team, is it appropriate for me to respond at all? If there's any way that you can have a productive and meaningful engagement where it shows that your brand is open, but your brand does have a particular position, then I encourage you to respond. I do want you to know that I understand that there are some occasions where no good is going to come of having a conversation about something. So keep that in mind too. That brings us to three steps I offer you to dealing with trolls on social media. This will help you understand how your organization feels about trolls and what you should do about them. So number one, define troll for your organization. What behavior over how many occurrences in how many locations defines a troll? So for example, let's use the chewing gum factory example that we've used in the past for an example of defining trolls. So you are the National Chewing Gum Company. If that's a real company, I'm sorry, I don't think that it is. But let's say National Chewing Gum Company. We're a National Chewing Gum Company and we're going to define troll for our organization. There is a group of people that call themselves no chewing gum ever. They're against chewing gum. They don't like chewing gum. They're never going to like chewing gum. It's always going to be that way. Every time we at National Chewing Gum Company put out a post that says, hey, here's a picture of of a little girl chewing some gum and she's got this cute puppy and there's a rainbow behind her. The no chewing gum ever organization comes in and says chewing gum is wrong. Maybe to you that's considered a troll. So in that case, what's your strategy going to be? Are you going to decide that you want to respond twice? And how long will you go about responding twice to those people? Maybe you've put out 50 posts and 50 different posts, you've replied twice to the No Chewing Gum Ever Association, and you've said smart things, intelligent things, you've provided some sort of guidance. And then at what point will you as a company, National Chewing Gum Company, decide this isn't really getting us anywhere and it's not benefiting any of the audience that's trying to engage around our brand? These are the decisions that you make. Who is it that we're going to call a troll? What activity, at what cadence, what frequency, and what level are we as a company going to decide that's a troll and this is what's going to happen. Now, once you define the troll for your organization, then you want to set policy around trolls. Maybe your policy is reply once if appropriate and then reply twice if appropriate. But the second reply should be, okay, sorry you feel that way. We're here to help whenever you'd like for us to help. 
that policy, like I say, is going to differ for every organization. If you want help with your particular organization and formulating that strategy, reach out to me at Frankie at socially I'm happy to think that through with you. So step one is define troll for your organization. Step two is set policy around trolls. Now, step three, train your agents on how to respond. The first step in training your agents is to explain that's not the experience that you want for the individual. You want to also let your agents know, and we'll cover this probably on a different episode in great detail. Don't always lead with I'm sorry. You're not necessarily always sorry. You might your brand might not be wrong. And your legal department, I am not an attorney, and I'm not advising you on legal matters. But your legal department might even tell you sometimes that if you're not at fault, and you're saying I'm sorry, it could be construed as taking fault or taking blame for something. So you always want to have that in the back of your mind and have a discussion with your legal department about how it's appropriate for you to respond in different scenarios. Again, not an attorney just saying consult your attorney. But don't always lead with I'm sorry, even aside from legal perspective. Number two, have your agents ask the individual to allow you to help. And the reason that you do this is because number one, it shows the public that you are responsive. And number two, if the troll refuses help, the public can see that. They see you as making a reasonable attempt to offer assistance, and they see the troll making an unreasonable refusal of your assistance. Now, if the troll accepts the help, publicly return to the conversation later and thank the person for allowing you to assist them with their issue and say that you were glad that you could resolve the issue if you were able to resolve the issue. If the troll refuses help, leave the door open to come back and seek help again. So that second response where you say, okay, we're sorry that you feel that way. We don't want you to feel that way, but we're here to help you whenever you like, if you ever want to come back and get help again. So use these three steps to deal with social media trolls in your organization to make sure that you define the troll, set policy around the trolls, and train your agents on how to respond to the trolls. Setting all of this up in this fashion makes it easy for agents to make the right decision when trolls do come to your social spaces on how they should respond and empowers your agents. It sets boundaries with the trolls and lets them know what you will or won't allow. Oh, and one one last bonus tip, three steps and a bonus. Whatever your policy definition is that you set for your organization for trolls, post that publicly on your social media space, post your house rules on Facebook, on Twitter, post them on your website, wherever people can get to them so that people know this is what we call a troll. This is behavior that is not okay on our social properties. If people are out saying whatever they're going to say out on Twitter or out in the world, that's fine. You can't control that. But what you can control is when you have a space that you are hosting on behalf of your customers for them to have some sort of interaction or engagement, that's your house. You can set up your house rules and then you can enforce your house rules. And if those house rules are posted in advance, that gives your agents a very comfortable way to point to the fact that the house rules were posted and that this person has broken the house rules. So they're acting in a way that's not in accordance with those rules. All right, guys, so there you have it. There are my three steps plus a bonus step to dealing with social media trolls. I'm sure that that will help you do the best job that you can in responding to and dealing with internet trolls. But before you go, let's talk about jobs. 
Do you have a job opening or are you looking for a spot? Email me at frankie at socially and I will try to play matchmaker for you. I know that many times we try to fill social media customer care positions internally, but that was before we had the socially supportive podcast where people could have all of this wonderful training and insight that would help them be fantastic social media customer care employees. So send me over what you've got and I'll try to play matchmaker for you. That's what we've got for you today until tomorrow, which is Friday. Freeform Friday is tomorrow. We will have a good time talking about whatever surprise topic we are talking about tomorrow. And until then, and even after then, I am Frankie Soche. Thank you so much for tuning in. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Socially Supportive. Want more? Head on over to sociallysupportive.com to join the social pack and find the best tips, tricks, and technology to take your team from okay to outstanding in no time.